Hi everyone, this is Corinne and this is a new installment of People Have Corona, a series, the Corona era of the People Have Color podcast. And uh, we'll see how long it lasts. for sure on this microphone uncomfortable I would call it that's how I feel on this microphone a Juneteenth broadcast of people have color I hope my voice is not annoying I'm a black woman of a certain age on the microphone building an audience am i am i doing that from home building an audience i just listened to the new york times podcast this this week uh and it alerted me to the fact that (laughs) we are uh, actually going to be here a minute um we're not safe and we're not safe till we have a vaccine and I learned that this week, again, I'll say from the New York Times podcast, you'll see it in the blog notes for this episode. Today, it's June, the Juneteenth of June, and Juneteenth is upon us for this edition of P- People Have Corona. Uh, I saw a tweet uh, the other week that said, can't believe Corona, we were 28-3 lead to racism believe it folks she did we did and believe it we we've got far to go uh we've realized again and anew and really feels different out here in the street feels like a different thing is pumping 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 along as this thing is just it's pumping and you know it's not gonna stop it's we're here we're here but we're here is like the white fragility version of drag race it's for a white a fragile white audience uh to explore their american lives in a shallow way and drag race is the actual drag queen's lives you know in a reality show way and it makes them stars it builds a community i'm shading we're here as though it will not build a community what the fuck do i know i don't know if it's going to build a community perhaps it will doesn't look it i'm not looking for it uh so that's what I noticed about we're here and I'm also shading my spouse my life partner in the process who enjoys the show and is excited to watch it and is the the number one greatest American snob in Ray reality TV America's number one ninja 
reality TV snob. It, that's my life partner. Also, so moved by we're here. So that's our culture divide, which I live on a daily basis in the Atlanta of his birth, his home, his hometown. If you weren't sure what I meant by that, I meant white Atlanta through the COVID race revolution is my macro context where we start today. So that's welcome. That's the introduction. Here we go. About to get into it. Hi, everybody. This is Corinne. <laughs> Welcome to a special edition of the People Have Color podcast. This is the era of People Have Corona. And I may retitle it just for the time being as People Have Corona from People Have Color, which you've all come to know and love. This is the summer season. This is June 2020, Juneteenth to be exact. This episode is coming out intentionally so happy Juneteenth all and I am going to get into all the things um, that are coursing through this moment and through my body and spirit and soul and that I'd like to share as I approach mindfully step by baby step into my own contribution to our times Here I am, and thank you for joining me. On today's episode, I really want to get into the race talk, which this podcast always does, has always done, will probably always do, the concept of people have color. I really want to help make this a, not just a time of reflection, but a time of taking seriously the mandate of this time to actually be the beginning of a new era, be a real new era, a real before and after. And what is actually going to make this time real? That's what's on my mind. That's what I'm hoping to offer and to help us all get to the bottom of what makes it real. This podcast is about paradigm shift, where it regards race, where it regards colorism, where it regards media and culture. These are my particular wheelhouses and this podcast invites you to walk with me beyond the baby steps and the first steps of contemplating these things into the space of what can we do, what do we know, and what can we do to push ourselves and our generation evolutionarily where are we and where can we be it's a deep dive into thoughtfulness and intention and practice and action so let's go there's a lot I wanted to talk about today happy Juneteenth everyone Juneteenth is kind of a big deal this year and maybe it will be going forward I did some reading about it and what I learned is that it's really a Texas holiday 
I don't know if that's like if anybody else would push me on that, but Juneteenth, like you know, it happened in Galveston, Texas, that the f- slaves got the notice of their freedom two years after the Emancipation Proclamation and two months after the end of the Civil War, news finally arrives in Galveston that y'all free, we free. And that's where the celebration begins. But that is a very localized description of a, a broad and deep moment in history that has not had a holiday, that is nationally celebrated, and that is whose time is coming. So on this Juneteenth, 2020, it's about, you know, so it's over 150 years later, and we celebrate from now on. We're going to celebrate this day uh, as an American holiday for the Americans. So happy Juneteenth. That's a pretty low energy happy Juneteenth, but maybe my energy will raise as I get into what I came here to talk about, which is everybody black. This shit is big, yo. This this is big. This shit big, as I put it the other day to some friends in the conversations I'm having. That's another thing I wanted to touch is what are you talking about with your people? Who's listening to you really right now? Who are you still biting your tongue around? And what are you wanting to touch, dying to touch, hoping to avoid? I'm curious. So... There's just a few things I want to name, and maybe I'll I'll just keep this shit brief. That this is a big moment. This is not a small thing that's happening. This is like a generational, an historic generational event. As uh, James Clyburn had to say on June 2nd, what's going on leads me to believe from my study of history that this country is at a crossroads. If we do not choose wisely between now and the end of this year, He's talking about the election, obviously. I think that we are seeing the demise of the greatest democracy ever on earth. There's a lot of question marks you can add into this statement. Greatest democracy ever on the earth. Mm, Debatable. Uh, Who cares about that debate? Are we seeing the demise of this democracy? Yes, certainly. (laughs) Oh, certainly. This is the demise of this democracy uh, that we're witnessing, that we're living. And what's going to rise from its ashes is really the question. Signs that this is a real, actual big moment. The Republicans are actually showing some cracks finally. The, uh, the military that's just been so road hard and dry by this president like this military at this point is starting to show that that it understands that it does not have this administration's respect uh even though this administration wants to treat it like a military dictatorship like that you know bear in mind y'all this could always be a military dictatorship play your cards right because any day now this could turn military dictatorship right because the military's in my pocket that's one of the messages i feel like this president pushes and the military is starting to like show some uh, not so fast to this man that's one sign that uh we're in a big 
moment with shit's not the same. Miss Murkowski of Alaska letting the world know she's struggling with the decision and has been for quite some time whether or not to support this president in the next election. Big or small news, you be the judge. The man's poll numbers couldn't be worse. Could be. Could be worse. Uh, Haven't been worse, but could be. And like the Washington Post is writing, has has Trump given up? Close advisors show concern. You be the judge. Is that real talk or bullshit? But just signs that we're in new territory. Also, the way these businesses are acting, like this stock market, I really don't want to call it. This stock market is on some wild shit right now. Like we are in a recession. That much is clear. But these motherfuckers are dying for their status quo to return. Their imaginary state of being where everything's okay and the exploitation economy still functions as well as it ever did. And the reckoning for this economy, the bottom falling out of this economy is not small, not chump change, not a, not nothing. And that's another thing that's happening is that this marketplace, our Wall Street cannot face the reality. And that's the fluctuation that we're looking at. This shit is not actually prepared to reckon not yet and when it does let's let's pray that it's a slow reckoning because the outlook is not bright for your stocks when we're talking about upending a system really making a substantive change and a transformation that is actually going to yield a result that benefits any damn one instead of our imaginary fixtures of wealth and dominance it's not for no punks real change yo it's not just gonna happen in an easy comfortable way for any damn one and this is what I really wanted to touch on or was trying to find a way towards is how I'm really feeling in my spirit is so excited so antsy my time coming, my theoretical, intellectual, heady bullshit has come to the fore. And it's my time, y'all. It's my moment. Me and my fellow theorists and head cases who are all talking this shit, talking our shit to you every chance we get. You know us. We out here like told you. Well, it's like I said. It's like I've been saying, our time is here, y'all. And I can't believe it. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I don't know what to do with myself. Put me in, coach. These are all like ways I'm feeling. On top of like, are you okay? Are you like managing day-to-day emotionally with the exposure of this nerve that you've been protecting as you are as part of your status quo for so long. It's everything. It's both. It's none. And, and it's all of the above. So I can't even call it. And that is what like, I can't call it. What 
actually is going on. What's going on for you, my friends out here? What's actually going on in your headspace and your heart space? Do you know? Have you been able to call it for yourself? Is your own self-awareness growing? Because self-awareness is the key, my friends, to standing in a new place tomorrow than you are today and not alone. I'll get off that soapbox for a minute to just continue on to say the Harvard Business Review is no joke right now in this moment. Like Harvard Business Review, their job is to write headlines to draw you in to a subscription. And let me just tell you, this shit is working on me. U.S. businesses must take meaningful action against racism. This is something the Harvard Business Review is writing about on June 1st. I raised the issue of Harvard Business Review because it's a white institution. And all of our institutions are under the microscope right now because they are mostly white. And the mostly whiteness of our institutionalized lives is up for debate in this moment. It's like, what do we do about the way whiteness is centered in every damn last person's life? Whiteness is centered. So what are we going to do about it? Harvard Business Review is at least acknowledging that it's a pivotal thing that has to be addressed going forward, right? It's on the table. It's not going back under the table or not for now. We'll see. I think a lot of people are waiting to see what, when, and how things will go back under the table. Anyway, there's the Harvard Business Review doing its part. There's the NFL. Roger Goodell, I think the man's name is, got on Al Gore's internet to say, we, the National Football League, believe black lives matter. Weeks ago, now, the NFL came out they faced to say black lives matter. And when that happened, my friend, that to me was the sea level change. That was the indication to me, the indicator of where black lives matter has arrived as a brand years after its inception four years into it pushing through more than four years to take up space in this marketplace it's here taking up space in roger goodell's throat black lives matter bitch no longer a controversial term or expression a thing that's okay to say although chalking my walk this past couple weeks with my son which we've done a couple times because of rain still feels somewhat uncomfortable in my white neighborhood in Atlanta, Georgia, my new white neighborhood in Atlanta, Georgia, still wonder about my neighbor's policing of me and my half-brown family and my neighbor's American flag, which continues to fly off of her house as I wonder what it means to her. Does it just mean that it, like, is it a symbol of unity? Is it a symbol of division for her? For me, it's a symbol of alert to be on guard until for until I know more about what she intends with that flag. And anyway, it, it has been uncomfortable for me to chalk my walk to actually, not my walk, but my sidewalk for sure. I'm not actually doing it on the sidewalk. And I wonder who else that's true for and when that will change, how that will change. Roger Goodell said, I personally protest with you. For real, Raj? For real? You for real, Raj? 
you out here in these streets? In any case, it lets you know that the goalpost has moved closer to the people, closer to the protesters. So the only other thing I want to talk about today is really the only thing period I want to talk about is where we go from here and what will it look like? Like, what does it actually look like for us to be beyond the starting blocks of centering whiteness in the national discourse, in the day-to-day progressive discourse that moves us forward? I want to know where every theorist and scholar stands right now. I want to know how we're coordinating amongst ourselves to consolidate and brand these messages for high-impact, high-concept consumption. And... I want to know how all of these white spaces are reckoning, and I want to talk to them directly about it. I want to be in every conversation I can get into right now, because what keeps what I keep hearing about right now are every white space now having to reckon with the impact of centering whiteness in our daily lives and how that chain is connected to the chains in the handcuffs of every wrongfully arrested, wrongfully punished, wrongfully lost life under the law in this country. How this police misconduct and this police culture, shining a light on it in this new way of it being intolerable and insufferable, has lit up the nation and the nation's experiences across class, across geography, to the experience of race and and more explicitly the experience of navigating whiteness and what that means if you're considered of color or not really when we talk about the binary here the white black binary that's so deeply at play here for people in conscious and unconscious and passive and active ways we're talking about white and not white policing the boundaries of whiteness so that most of us cannot pass. Blackness literally extends to everything else. <laughs> like, it's all shades of blackness until you're at the boundary of whiteness, right? You might argue that with uh, whatever your like deep beliefs about other races are, but it's essentially a race to not a race to white. Like the race is like fastest distance to whiteness that's the race we're all running how far are you from whiteness that's the race right there you've won the race where you're at whiteness you ain't never gonna win the race (laughs) when you're at blackness so where are you on the spectrum of race how far into the race how close to the finish line are you right that's the myth and we'll see We'll see how we come out of it. I just think it's wild how all these places are reckoning. There's stories coming out of every white space. Bon Appetit, BuzzFeed, Cards Against Humanity. I'm reading tweets about this week. What's going on at the office at Cards Against Humanity? Pinterest, Condé Nast, Second City, New York City's theater community. Each and every single workplace in America is reckoning with the culture beyond its doors, once you walk inside of it. Every private school in this country, 
every friend group. Are you reckoning with this among your actual friends? I would like to ask my white friends who find themselves in a group of friends with mostly white folks. How are you reckoning with the people of color in your friend group right now? And the, the group dynamic of it beyond the one-on-one relationships where things might be different than they are in the group setting. I have a lot more to say, and this is just episode one of this summer season. I mean, I guess one of the next things I'll say is this shift in our culture that's happening right now is a long view. Is, is on a continuum. And those of us whose eyes are widening right now and rather than shutting are taking that in, that this is a long road that our ancestors walked, that our parents walked, that we walk, that our children walk. And it's a road, it's the road of hope. Otherwise there ain't none. So here we go. Where you at? Are you walking alongside me? Are we walking together? my people. I hope you heard me or heard anything I just said. There's so many more things to say (laughs) about this culture and what's going on. And I'll try to be back as soon as I can to say what I feel strongly needs to be said as my own contribution into clarifying where we stand in real time and to be extending these conversations from talk to walk all power to the people black lives matter holler if you hear me if you really like are trying to figure these things out for yourself and want to get involved want to stay the course want to stay fired up want to stay energized send me an email peoplehavecolor at gmail.com I want to hear from you and I want to keep going with you All power to the people. Black Lives Matter. Happy Juneteenth. Peace.